Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifeSelfMastery.com and today I'm excited to have Jefferson Lely, who's a mobile home park investment expert who co-founded Park Street Partners which owns 24 mobile home parks coast to coast. He's also the host of Mobile Home Park Investors podcast with more than 10,000 downloads per month. He spent seven years investing his own capital, acquiring and operating mobile home parks. Uh, and he's the core person when it comes to mobile home park investing. Welcome to the show, Jefferson. Hey, thanks, to, thanks for having me, Rohit. Great to be with you. So awesome. Um, you know, uh, I'm very interested to know how did you get your start into mobile home investing and why did you, uh, you know, look into investing in such a, such a niche market? Yeah, so uh, it was part uh, by plan and part dumb luck. Um, about uh, 12 or 13 years ago, I was looking to get out of the stock market and, and diversify uh, uh, into real estate. Um I've always been a big fan of Warren Buffett, uh, the famed value investor. I'm not in his league, but uh, I do try and uh, emulate what he teaches. And among other things, that's to stay within your circle of competence. So I figured, you know, I had always lived in a house or an apartment building. You know, why don't I just buy an apartment building? Uh, I don't mind working. I'll be happy to, you know, in, invest some time, some money, fix up the roofs, fix up some kitchens. I wouldn't necessarily do the work myself, but, you know, find folks to, to improve the property, make it better for tenants, bump the rents, make it better for me. That was the plan. Uh, and then just in researching multifamily properties, uh, you know, I, I, any of those search results would return, you know, like a hundred apartment bu buildings, uh, you know, maybe yielding uh, an eight cap rate, 8% unlevered return on your money. And then there'd be, you know, one mobile home park yielding like 10%. Uh, and I just kind of thought, you know, well, that's, that's pretty absurd. Uh, you know, I'm not going to buy a, a trailer park. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so I kept doing a couple of searches. I kept getting hit over the head with these quirky little multifamily properties, one in a hundred that were mobile home parks that yielded so much more money. Um, so I began to look into it uh, and I realized it really is the best niche uh, going for, uh, for several reasons. We can certainly dig into that here on the show. But anyway, I was really looking to invest in apartment buildings and kind of stumbled upon mobile home parks as being better. Okay. And, uh, you know, can you talk about your first deal? Uh, how much money did you, uh, you know, did you spend on your first deal? Uh, it was a little less than a half million dollar purchase. And I invested, uh, I don't know, somewhere around 85,000 of my own money. So that was not a syndicated deal like I do them now. Uh, I frankly, you know, gone beyond my own financial uh, resources. But um, uh, again, uh, so that first deal, I just came up with my own capital and uh, purchased the property. I was less than a half million dollar purchase at the time. Okay. So, so were you working uh, in a full-time job uh, well, when you started investing? Yes, I was. So, uh, I was working in Silicon Valley at the time. Uh, I had worked uh, collectively for three different startups over about a decade. Uh, and so, yeah, this was really kind of going to be diversity uh, or diversify my, 
my net worth away from stock options uh, and into real estate. So, uh, yeah, I kept uh, I, I had my day job for about that first year that I got in real estate. Um, uh, and frankly, after about a year, I could see that my startup wasn't doing real well, but I could see that uh, the mobile home park was doing pretty well and I was putting almost no time or money into it. So uh, after about a year, I moved over and started doing real estate uh, full time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at no point did I say, Hey, this is so awesome. I'm going to just quit my job and, and give up these sexy stock options and go do mobile home parks. I, uh, I, I kind of lived uh, one foot in both worlds for about a year uh, before transitioning. Got it. And, and about your first deal, how was it far away from your home and you know, how many park lots were there in the first, uh, uh, park that you bought? Yeah, it was far away. It was in the Oklahoma City metro. I live out in San Francisco, so that's, you know, 1,500 miles away. Uh, and it had 66 pads, uh, of which about two-thirds, about 44, were occupied at the time. Uh, so obviously about 20 uh, vacant pads. Uh, but, but again, cash flow then from those roughly 44 tenants. They all owned their own homes. So initially, it was just really what I call a parking lot deal. I was just collecting rents uh, into the dirt. Uh, I did subsequently buy and move in some mobile homes uh, and, and filled up most of those vacancies. That basically uh, obviously expanded the supply of affordable housing there uh, and, uh, and also expanded my cash flow. <laughs> but, uh, but initially, yeah, it was um, 44 paying tenants, and I did not own any of the mobile homes uh, at acquisition. Okay. And, and can you talk a little bit about your customer demographics or what sort of people live in these mobile homes? Yeah. So typically uh, these folks, I guess, are probably earning about 35,000 a year household income. Okay. Uh, so that's obviously, you know, one plus, you know, one and a half people on average uh, working. You know, these are the folks that, uh, you know, drive the, the, the UPS trucks and the Amazon trucks that uh, deliver your packages. They, uh, these are the people that wait on you uh, when you go into a restaurant or maybe manage uh, the restaurant. Um, some of these are, are small business owners. They might run a hair salon or a nail salon, something like that. Um, and some of them are, are retirees. Uh, but again, the average household income is uh, right around uh, in the thirty to thirty-five thousand a year range. So we're really their only path towards affordable uh, home. Really, their only path to home ownership. Uh, they're not likely to be able to afford uh, a site-built house, but uh, again, we we can get them into a house uh, that they can afford and and own it uh, usually in less than five years. Okay. And uh, is it possible to take a mobile home from one park to another park? It is, but that's rare. Uh, so to call these mobile homes is a bit of a misnomer. Uh, these, just to be clear, th these are not RVs. Uh, a mobile home has no engine in it. It can't easily be driven off. Uh, you need to have actually a special uh, toter, uh, basically like a, the, the front end of a semi-tractor trailer truck. Um, so uh, anyway, so they tend not to move. So that means the economics are generally quite good for landlords uh, because again, folks don't move the homes. So if they need to move, they'll sell the home in place. Obviously somebody new will buy it and they'll begin paying the lot rent. Uh, so really, as long as the mobile home has economic 
viability, uh, somebody is, is going to want to live there. Somebody's going to pay rent on it. So in our world, uh, we really view the tenant as being the mobile home, not the person. The person, the people may come and go still not as frequently as happens with, uh, say, apartment uh, dwellers. Uh, but really that home, again, as, as long as it's economically viable, we estimate that's 50 years, uh, th then that home, that quote unquote tenant stays in the park and somebody is, is paying rent on it, uh, again, for, for upwards of 50 years. Okay. And uh, so, so what you're saying is the time span for that mobile park uh, home is 50 years, but uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if the tenants, uh, I mean, usually what is the time span for, for these tenants who uh, live in these homes? I think most tenants probably stick around seven years, maybe 10. Uh, okay. And again, they, they may leave, but they, they sell the house to someone else and someone else comes in and keeps paying the rent. Okay. And, and what's the average size of these home parks? Yeah, nobody knows for certain what the average size is, but best guess is maybe 35 to 40 pads um, is probably a good guess of, of the average size. I own some as small as 20 and some as small, sorry, large as about 300 pads. Oh, okay. Got it. And, and how do you get to know about these deals? Because I assume you're not, uh, uh, I mean, they know more number of mobile parks which are being created. That's correct. Uh, a lot of deals are uh, brokered. So you, you, you need to know who the brokers are. We also do some outreach to park owners directly and uh, obviously, you know, ask them if they're interested in selling and, and to keep our name and number, if not. Uh, until the time is right. Um, sometimes we see these things listed on, on websites. Uh, there's no single way to, uh, to to build your deal flow. So we, we tend to have uh, several irons in the fire, as it were. Okay. And um, so I, I believe, uh, you know, Warren Buffett has also invested in a, in, in a mobile park manufacturing company, if I'm not wrong. And, uh, and yes. there's, there's a company called Equity Lifestyle Properties, which which works in a very similar way, like, uh, like Warren Buffett. So, so are there the, uh, are there a lot of other? Is it a very competitive niche? Which I, I don't. It doesn't look like a very competitive niche, but there are some very high quality hedge funds and uh, you know equity private equity investors in this. There are uh, those guys tend to buy larger, sexier properties. I believe one of those guys, either Carlisle or BlackRock, just paid something like a hundred and fifty million dollars for like a 700 pad park down in San Jose, California, uh, the heart of Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, it's hard to see how those numbers make sense. Um, you know, that's a, almost a whole different world than what I do. I tend to buy properties that are maybe two, two to $3 million in purchase price. Uh, and so that kind of flies below the radar screen of uh, big acquirers like Equity Lifestyle and uh, and some of the large Wall Street firms, uh, I'm 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 very small, but uh, small can be beautiful. <laughs> awesome, right? And and uh, you know, uh, you took your time to uh, build your own, uh, you know. Uh, you you ran these uh, mobile home parks, and uh, then you launched your fund. Um, so, you, so you know, can can you talk about how do you value mobile home park, uh, and you know what is what is your advice on that? 
Yeah. Uh, so we tend to look at cap rates. There can be other extenuating factors that would increase or decrease a value as well. But uh, ideally, we'd like to buy it around a 10 cap, so about 10 times earnings. Um, but you do need to do a range of diligence and look into, for instance, the infrastructure. How good are the roads? How good are the pipes? Um, what's the o overall economy like? And, and what is, to the extent you can predict the future, you know, what, what is the economic future for that town, for that metro area? Um, but ultimately, we're, we're cash flow investors. So we like to see properties that already generate cash flow and that are likely to do better. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier with my first deal, we, we continue to infill parks uh, and, and make money on those houses uh, and also, of course, expand the supply of affordable housing. So uh, if they're upside, you know, if there is upside available, like being able to infill vacancies, uh, that can be a, a good thing. We're, we're happy to, to work, as it were, uh, and actually improve some of the properties uh, for ourselves and, and also for our tenants. Okay. And, um, you know, I want to know about what kind of returns uh, an investor can get if they're investing into mobile park uh, investing. Yeah, it varies widely uh, the way I do it, which is buying mostly parks in the Midwest uh, where real estate is uh, maybe not quite cheap, but it's at least less expensive than on the coasts. Um, I'm typically able to generate uh, kind of anywhere between 8 and 10% cash returns for investors, uh, at least after, say, a year of improving a property. Uh, and then appreciation when when the time comes to sell a property, then hopefully no guarantees, but hopefully there's profit split uh, at the back end. So tough to predict, but but generally investors are earning 13 to 15 percent a year uh, with me. Uh, that's a combination of cash paid out quarterly and then. Uh, some long-term uh, lumpy payouts uh, of larger dollars, uh, again, when a property is sold. Okay. And uh, do you think, uh, is it possible for people to, to do it alone? Uh, by, you know, like how you did uh, investing into, into, into property? It is. Uh, there are a fair number of moving parts, <laughs> no pun intended, to, to mobile home park investing. So you do need to get educated about it. Uh, this is maybe a, a bit more complex than, uh, say, buying a single family house. Uh, but certainly th there are individual investors. There are also funds uh, such as mine uh, at Park Avenue Partners. And then uh, there are, again, some large publicly traded REITs. Uh, so there, there, are, there are a range of owner operators to different profiles. Okay, and um, so you know, I want I want to talk about a Park Street Partners. You know how do how do they come with that, and what oh, kind yeah. of investment so, opportunities yeah. people can have? Yeah, yeah. So that's the wrong name. Uh, it's Park Avenue Partners is the okay. new fund. Okay, Park Avenue Partners, um, and so we're doing. This is going to be my my third fund that I've uh, just launched, and we are. Uh, actively raising money and again are uh, hopefully in another three months or so we'll begin making acquisitions once we raise some capital um, but we tend you know again we, we, we tend to buy parks in the Midwest 
we uh, generally like all ages parks. Uh, we tend to buy them with some vacancy uh, and again, infill uh, with newer used homes and expand uh, affordable housing. Um, folks get, you know, obviously a very concentrated investment in mobile home parks, but they do get the diversity of buying parks uh, with me, you know, really nationwide. Um, so that's, that's typically what I do. Uh, so uh, uh, let's quickly do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Um, I really like Snowball. Uh, it's the, I, I think the best biography on Warren Buffett. Uh, it covers, of course, value investing, but also talks about his personal life and, uh, frankly, some of the trade-offs uh, that he made uh, for being as successful uh, as he is in business. Um, so I really like, really like that book. Got it. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you started uh, working on your mobile park investing business, what is the one thing you would have focused on? You know, probably the biggest mistake... I made was that I, I viewed myself initially as an individual investor rather than as uh, a money manager. Uh, again, I've now raised, uh, oh gosh, probably a little over $20 million from investors and, uh, uh, and of course borrowed about 35 and, and bought about 55 million worth of, of properties total. But, uh, it took me several years to really broaden my thinking beyond just investing for myself and uh, uh, really realizing I needed to raise outside capital and do it on a larger scale. Okay. And uh, what's your favorite online tools, example, Gmail, Slack, Streak? Uh, we use a, a range of online tools. Uh, Dropbox is huge uh, for us. Um, you know, we, we do manage properties nationwide and, uh, you know, I can't be everywhere at once. So uh, Dropbox for uploading videos uh, is a big thing. Uh, we have our, our um, uh, we have our managers upload photos uh, and videos. Uh, we do use Slack as well. Yes. Um, th those are a couple of key ones. We also make uh, certainly good use of our managers' uh, uh, videos, video, sorry, video cameras on their phones. Again, we'll, we'll just have them go through the property and we can say, hey, go over to house number 23. I want to see the side of the house. You know, did the junk get cleaned up? Um, so again, just technology helps us uh, many ways to better manage uh, our properties. Okay. Um, uh, you know, can, can talk to listeners about, you know, what is the best way people can reach out to you and uh, get to invest into, into your fund? Certainly. So uh, the website is parkavenuepartners.com. Uh, so they'll find out all about me there, the fund. Uh, we've got some webinars uh, recorded. Uh, there's just a, a range of information there. Park Avenue Partners. Uh, dot com. Right. And, and can uh, non-accredited investors also invest into, into, into your fund? Uh, I wish they could. Uh, unfortunately, the SEC says they can't. So uh, this is a 506 Reg C fund. So the SEC says that in exchange for me, for instance, being able to come on your podcast and market widely what I do, 
Uh, I cannot take money from the proverbial widows and orphans. Uh, so they've come up with the definition of accredited investors. And indeed, everybody needs to be accredited uh, in my funds, unless they would bring a deal. If, if an investor finds their own deal, their own mobile home park deal, then we can effectively partner. They could invest in that deal that they found with us. We could run it. Um, then they're not technically investing in our fund. Again, they'd invest in the deal alongside our fund. Um, or we could pay them a referral fee. Uh, we, uh, we're open to win-win uh, uh, transactions. But, um, but as a general rule, yes, folks need to be accredited. Sure. You know, we'll put uh, this on the, on the show notes. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I understand you're busy, uh, but uh, thank you for taking our time and uh, speaking to this. Ravi, thank you so much for being with me and, and all the best to you. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.